And welcome to this week's edition of An Organic Conversation, a show about food, ecology, stories from the land, recipes, nature, sustainability, interconnectedness, relationships, and life itself. These are the voyages of the radio show An Organic Conversation, its five-year mission to explore new worlds, to seek new thoughts and new possibilities, to boldly go where no other radio show has gone before. I'm Captain Kirk. No, we are your hosts, Helge Helberg. <laughs> and see to Ronnie Palomar. And in this hour, we are looking at the sky. It is the auspicious time of solstice. We're speaking with Dr. Vivian Crowley about what happens in nature and in communities around the world when the sun stands still. A celebration of solstice today here on An Organic Conversation. You know, in each... <laughs> I'm, I'm a little. Up. I'm a little bit. Yeah, I'm a little bit curious. That um, does that does that mean that you're Spock, Mark? Well, I, I'll look at my ears and see if I can divide my fingers. No, he's, up. he's clearly Uhura. Oh. <laughs> or I, or I could or I could be the Doc or somebody like that. Yes. Um, so you know, I was looking into this because it's always this particular time of year is um, always fascinating to me. You know, in ancient Egypt, this used to be the start of the new year. Oh, beautiful! Because that that was it, it coincided with the rising of the Nile, and they had to make sure they knew when the the Nile was going to rise because it would flood the you know the surrounding area. And for there's several really close friends of mine who it seems like when the summer comes is when they come alive. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're very you know vivacious people anyway, but the summer comes and they just blossom and and it's their time. And for me, the solstice is a celebration of them, but it's also the longest darn for me where I live, obviously it's the longest darn day of the year. And it just means I don't get to see the stars until much later at night. And I, and it's almost like sometimes I can't wait on the, on that particular day. Oh, well, good things are worth waiting for, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, something that I always think about in the time of solstice is how packed the yoga studios are. And mm. it's not just necessarily a practical tip. It's actually something that I really love that that is such a, it's such a powerful day that people feel like if yoga is a part of their spiritual practice, a part of their, their body wisdom practice, whatever it is, they want to mark it with the practice of sun salutations and opening the body. And I, I really appreciate that participation in the transformation on either the day that marks the days getting longer and there being more light or the day that marks the light lessening. Because and it's both, right? Because it's both, yeah. depending on where you live. Yeah. And, you know, to salute the sun makes perfect sense because we are sun or light beings, you know, biochemically. Um, it's interesting that with the longest day or the, the longest night in, in winter, and for half of the people around the world, of course, it's the winter solstice that we're celebrating right now. Um, there is something biochemically occurring in our body, absolutely, and in, in nature too. So exciting. I'm sure we'll hear all um, about that and what to do and how to celebrate this wonderful time. You're listening to An Organic Conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sita Rani Palomar. And today we are talking about the significance of the time when the sun stands still, a celebration of solstice all around the world for thousands of years, that and more when we come back right after the break. Stay tuned.
Are you a chef, have a catering business, or planning a party, or simply just love organic produce? If you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, walk right in to Earl's Organic Produce. Anyone can buy directly from us at wholesale prices. You don't have to be a natural food store to enjoy the freshest and most delicious organic produce. We are located on the San Francisco Produce Market at 2101 Gerald Avenue. We look forward to seeing you. Walk-in hours are Monday through Friday throughout the night from 10 p.m. to 10 a.m. Minimum purchase is one box or flat, cash or checks only. For more information, visit EarlsOrganic.com. Working from home is awesome, except when it's not. If you're working from your couch or your coffee shop, chances are you're not your most productive. For thousands of entrepreneurs, co-working is the answer. Next Space is a co-working company with offices in L.A. and the greater San Francisco Bay Area. Find an innovative workspace, a built-in community, and great networking opportunities at NextSpace. Visit nextspace.us for more information. NextSpace. Your best work happens here. Are you interested in making healthy food your profession? Bowman College is a leader in the field of holistic nutrition and culinary arts. Their professional training programs prepare individuals for successful careers as nutrition consultants and natural chefs. Study at one of four locations in California and Colorado or learn from home in a self-paced mentor distance learning program. Find out more about their classes on holistic nutrition and culinary arts at bowmancollege.org. That's B-A-U-M-A-N college.org. And we are back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helder. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. Our topic today is a celebration of solstice. For thousands of years, people around the world have recognized and honored this auspicious moment, which happens twice a year when the sun stands still. What is occurring in the sky? What is occurring in nature? What is the solstice significance in spirituality? We invited one of the leading voices of nature-based spiritualities to speak with us about solstice, teacher and author, Dr. Vivian Crowley, who's joining us today from London, United Kingdom. But before we dive into this topic, as always, we're starting the show off with a weekly tip from the world of health and beauty. Here's Chef Sita and her holistic bite. Thank you, Helga. Well, the Holistic Bite is my weekly update on how to live your most healthy life. And this week, I want to look at a few simple ways to de-stress. I think that summer comes and it's hot and sometimes that makes people anxious or you're looking what to do to keep your yourself in peace while everybody else is home and celebrating and there's lots and lots going on. And so now is a time to look at some really simple habits that you can transform into a bit more peace of mind. And so one thing that I want to share, I've got three things to share. One of them is something that you can do at work. One of them is something you can do before bed. And one is something that you can do when you're running errands. And the first one I've incorporated into my life very recently, that is switching to checking my email only twice a day. That is 
that is it. I allow myself 30 minutes each time and that's that. And I have found such an opening in my productivity and my focus because I don't always have my inbox open and things always popping that say, I need your attention, I need your attention, because really, you know where your attention is needed. And it's better, I think, to say this is a dedicated time when I can get back to everybody mid-morning and this is a dedicated time when I can get back to everybody before the end of the day. And then the rest of the time, you can really be productive and focused and have quite a bit more peace of mind. Another thing that I enjoy doing before bed, if I've had a really long day or if something happens that kind of throws me out of my wind down mood before going to sleep, is taking a few essential oils. If you do maybe three drops of lavender or eucalyptus or peppermint or some kind of combination thereof on a tissue and then take that tissue and put it in between your pillow and your pillowcase, then you're going to breathe those wonderful aromas and calm the body down. It's using the benefits of aromatherapy to relax your system and get a more peaceful night's sleep. And then the last one is is really exciting to me because it's something that you can do if you are running errands and the traffic is getting to you or the lines at the store are long or you just need a little pick-me-up in the middle of the day. And that is to keep a small round flat stone, something that's, you know, a little bit smaller than your palm. And keep the stone in your purse, your handbag, your book bag, wherever you carry all of your things with you as you're out and about during the day. And if you find yourself getting stressed in the middle of the day, you can slip into the ladies' room or the men's room with this little stone and run it under hot water until the stone itself gets hot. And then quickly towel dry it and you can apply it along the back of your neck, your shoulder blades, put it in between your uh, your eyebrows or over your eyes and your lips. And it's like giving yourself a mini hot stone massage. The, the heat will just melt away these places where we sometimes carry tension. And as the weather heats up, you may want to try this with cold water and then you can use it as a cooling ritual. But it's a really easy way to just, like I said, let the stress melt off and enjoy the present moment and maybe it'll bring you a little bit more peace of mind. So that was this week's Holistic Bite. Thank you, Sita. Wow. So you're saying email doesn't have to rule or ruin your day every day. It's amazing, actually, (laughs) when you really pay attention that there's a constant attention to it in one way or another. And it's our curiosity of what came in, right? Oh, I have two new emails. What is that? Um, And you're right. Of course, it doesn't need attention most of the time in that moment. And if it does, you know, kind of that's something important. I I agree with that. If something important is coming, you know. And and oftentimes we've gotten to this place where we're mostly just communicating to people or often communicating to people via email. If something goes beyond about five email exchanges, it's time to pick up the phone. You can get it resolved so much more quickly. And then you don't have that constant reminder sitting in your inbox and nagging you. Well, it's... (laughs) Two things occurred for me there. It's like I turn off my phone when I'm in meetings and people text me and they say, I texted you. <laughs> it's like that I'm yeah. here. <laughs> Do you remember the time when, when we weren't on call every moment where people could leave us a message at home and we would get back to them when we could get back to when, them? And and I really think that these are things that pull us out of the present moment and maybe inhibit our ability to really enjoy what's happening. And that's why I like these three simple steps, because what they do is they, they bring you back to this moment. I think fantastic. Love it. Yes. Thank you. That's Chef Sita and her holistic bite. And as always, the holistic bite is brought to you very much in line with what you just talked about, Sita, by the natural beauty company, Echo Bella. Echo Bella offers a wonderful line of body care products and um, intelligent cosmetics. And of course, all of Echo Bella products are preservative-free, gluten-free, and cruelty-free. 
Check it out, echobella.com, and let us know what you think. Again, that website is E-C-C-O-B-E-L-L-A, echobella.com. You're listening to An Organic Conversation. I'm Helga Helber. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sita Rani Palomar. We had a beautiful show last week for and on Father's Day, the amazing work that is being done by Mark Perlman and his son, Corey, who celebrate fathers for their role in families and in society and who offer greater understanding and training for fathers to become a fully integrated loving caregiver. A Journey of Healing and Hope, The Nurturing Father, fascinating episode and wonderful work. So if you missed that show, check it out at organicconversation.com or iTunes, where all of our episodes are available as podcasts free of charge. And of course, you can also follow us on facebook.com forward slash an organic conversation for produce tips, recipes, and the latest and greatest on the real food movement and much, much more. Last but by no means least, we also love to hear from you. So please send us your comments or questions to share at anorganicconversation.com. Today we are exploring the sky and the stars in this week's episode because it is time of solstice. Twice a year, everywhere around the world, people honor the significance this time holds, this time when the sun stands still. A celebration of solstice, our topic today, and we invited one of the foremost professors and authors on this topic, Dr. Vivian Crowley, who is part of the faculty of Cherry Hill Seminary in Columbia, South, South Carolina, where she provides leadership, ministry, and personal growth training in pagan and nature-based spiritualities. Welcome, Dr. Vivian Crowley. A pleasure to have you join us today, and we're actually speaking with you. Um, you're in London right now, in the UK. That's right. Um, I travel a lot, and I live partly in London, uh, partly in France, and I'm, I'm frequently in the United States as well. So <laughs> lots of international tra travel following the sun around the globe. <laughs> and these are celebratory times right now, uh, especially that must have you travel even more. Thanks for making time to speak with us today, um, which gets us right to the topic, June 21st. Um, the longest day of the year, or the shortest, depending on where you reside on the planet. Um, what is solstice for you in, in the context of the work you do? Well, solstice is one of the major festivals in the uh, pagan calendar, and I teach paganism um, and Wicca uh, internationally, as well as um, being a professor of psychology, so um, a dual role. And uh, for us, Uh, the Midsummer Festival is one of the most beautiful and exciting and healing festivals uh, of the year. Uh, you mentioned, of course, that it's the longest day if we are living in the Northern Hemisphere. And it's that time when you know, the days have grown longer, um, you can see nature growing around you, and there's a sort of sense of well-being and joy um, around. So it's a happy time. <laughs> and, of course, the further north you live, um, in the United States and other parts of the world, the more you notice um, this major difference between uh, the length of the days um, around the, the summer solstice. And, yes. and Vivian, why is it such a healing time? Um, well, I think we've always turned towards the sun, haven't we, as a source of healing and well-being. And when it is sunny, we, we feel better about life. Um, we feel better about ourselves and we feel happier. And we know that sunlight has a major effect upon the body um, in stimulating um, our brains and you know, our, sense of, you know, our sense of our bodies as 
yeah, living joyfully, I think, is the best way to put it. Hmm. And so can you just, can you give us a little explanation on Wicca and um, uh, pagan um, uh, spirituality and um, also have, then how that ties into your work with psychology? You know, kind of just give us a little bit more there. Certainly. Um, well, Wicca is a nature-based spirituality. So for us, the... Um, signs of seasonal change are um, major times to celebrate and to honor the divine force that creates this beautiful planet for us. And the times when we notice the real changes in the skies, uh, in the seasons, are the times when traditionally for thousands of years people have come together um, to celebrate, to give thanks to the gods, and just to be with one another. Um, enjoying one another's company and being in community. So the summer solstice um, has been recorded by astronomical um, observation for about 5,000 years or more now. So our ancestors have been seeing this as a really significant time. And if you think about it, when people were working on the land, you'd done all your plowing and your seed sowing in the earlier part of the year, um, things had, you know, you'd seen things starting to grow. You just got to that point where, okay, you could sort of relax. You could see it was it was going good. Hopefully, <laughs> um, unless you've had some, you know, some of the violent weather we've had recently. But hopefully, um, all was going well. So it's a natural time to kind of down tools for a while and to celebrate and to to be with others and to give thanks for where you've got to. So um, that kind of sense of honouring what nature's giving us. Uh, honouring the beauty of the planet is at the heart of Wicca and of paganism. And I think it's what brings many people to those paths today, a sense that instead of worshipping the divine in buildings um, made by human hands, why not worship the divine outside in nature in our beautiful planet and to honour it and to reverence it, especially in these times when in some ways our environment is so under threat. Yeah, reference it and revere it. We are speaking with Dr. Vivian Crowley, um, professor at Cherry Hill Seminary, um, also professor of psychology of religion, who's joining us today from London, England. I love what you're saying about nature being a, a guiding principle, because I think that the more we are aware, the more we see the similarities between nature and our own bodies. We have seasonal body rhythms and seasons of our lives, just like nature has seasons. And being able to participate in those seasonal celebrations is actually being in line with what our bodies need. And we would love to hear from you about kind of how how is this celebrated? How is solstice celebrated in cultures around the world? Yes, well, we find um, kind of different things going on in different parts of the world. But if I just talk about um, some of the European traditions, um, many of which have gone with uh, communities into the United States and into Canada and um, across to Australia as people have migrated over the last couple of hundred years and more. Um, for uh, Midsummer, there's always been a major festival in the northern parts of Europe, um, particularly Scandinavia, Finland, Lithuania, Latvia. And uh, many of uh, the listeners out there may have uh, relatives who came from those parts of the world originally and who brought their you know, stories and memories and Midsummer customs with them. 
Um, particularly in the northern parts um, of our globe, of course, uh, the, the winters are more extreme. It's very cold in winter, so summer is particularly important, particularly a time of rejoicing. So the traditional celebrations are to light bonfires because we, we love to light big fires, don't we, to celebrate it? <laughs> just an, a natural human instinct to um, honor with fire um, the source of heat um, and fire in the heavens. So people would gather and still do gather um, on Midsummer Day to dance around the fire, uh, to sing songs, uh, maybe drink a little bit of alcohol as well, <laughs> um, and to, yes, honor the sun and to enjoy one another's company. And in many of those countries, uh, Midsummer is actually a national holiday. So uh, it's still celebrated today. But... Further south in Europe, uh, in the Mediterranean countries, France, Italy, uh, Portugal, uh, Midsummer is also celebrated as well. So it's not just in the colder parts, but um, also all across Europe. And all those traditions of celebration um, have gone into the United States with different communities. Um, and often uh, in many countries, uh, there would be dancing around a pole. Um, we have maypole dancing in Brittany, um, in Britain. Um, and also where I live in northwest France, which is called Brittany. Um, but in many parts of Europe, this happened at midsummer. So dancing, songs, um, staying up uh, by the fire, telling stories, and keeping a vigil. Um, that's um, a really typical thing that people did at midsummer. They would watch the sun go down on Midsummer's Eve, and then they would stay uh, all night through the short night around the fire, talking, reminiscing, dancing, um, celebrating, and then greet the rising dawn. And I expect many of your listeners uh, may know about the big midsummer celebrations at the ancient monument of Stonehenge in Britain, um, out to the west of London there. Mm -hmm. um, this is uh, one of the UNESCO uh, World Heritage Sites. And has always been for about 5,000 years um, a major place uh, in Europe where the solstice is celebrated. And, of course, um, those celebrations um, have continued and continue today. So, Will, will you be there, um, uh, Vivian? Will you, will you go to Stonehenge and actually celebrate it at that um, place? No, this year I won't go to Stonehenge because I'm hosting um, a big midsummer gathering in London. Um, but I had my first midsummer at Stonehenge when my mother took me there at the age of 12. <laughs> so, That's um, memorable. So that was my very first uh, pagan celebration um, when, as a 12-year-old, my mother decided she was really interested in seeing what the Druids did. And so we, we went <laughs> and joined them. And of course, um, then you choose that career. Um, I, c I can relate. And I've, I had the pleasure to visit Stonehenge, and it's an very, very powerful site to begin with, um, with a long tradition of many explainable and unexplainable things yeah. that have happened there. And um, it is built so that the summer solstice hits um, the rocks in the exact right angle, um, rocks that are, you know, several tons heavy without any equipment erected there. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, a miraculous site, and it is still on my list to be there actually doing a summer solstice. Yes, well, I hope one day you can. Um, but summer solstice <laughs> is really crowded, so I'm sure. um, 
we um, often, with the uh, patient group that I teach, go there on other, other occasions. It is actually possible to um, book a, a private time at Stonehenge for worship, and you can do that. And mm. that is a really wonderful experience to go there at dawn on a really quiet day when there's the sound of the birds singing, and you can you know, make your reverence of nature and honor the gods and you know, just yes. be very joyful and peaceful. There. Wonderful. Um, you're listening to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. And we are speaking with Vivian Crowley, who is part of the faculty of Cherry Hill Seminary in Columbia, South Carolina, um, uh, an expert on the topic of solstice and pagan traditions and the spiritual aspect and the psychological aspect of religion. Um, and it's interesting, Vivian, you, you mentioned just a few minutes ago uh, the rejoicing around the sun in this in this time of 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 day of year of of age we kind of have forgotten that everything really angles around the sun um, photosynthesis in plants uh, you know grass based agriculture um, our our show is always more than than just quote unquote about food but really the farmers markets are starting now we wouldn't be alive without the sun um, and and what the sun does in this time of year, California has kind of a year-round growing season, but throughout the country, really it is um, the end of June where farmers markets are kicking in, where the early plantings that you mentioned are coming to the market, where the food is b- brought back in, where the stored vegetables, the potatoes, um, are kind of used up. And it really, as a reminder, whatever your spiritual relationship is to solstice, this is why we are alive. We wouldn't... We wouldn't survive without the sun, um, of course, because of warmth and daylight. But none of what we wear and none of what we eat would exist either. So it is a it is a very um, interesting blend of truth in nature um, and honoring, uh, you know, the significance of the sun because of that. Is that really the origin of solstice? Um, yes, indeed. And if you think about it, for our ancestors, as you say, that for us sun is important, but for them, um, living so much closer to the natural rhythms of the earth, um, growing their own food, then those truths are even more important. But of course, um, you mentioned uh, the psychological aspect, the spiritual aspect of um, religion, and of course, the solstice um, does symbolize something for us in the human life cycle as well. Um, Solstice is the midpoint uh, of the year. And it celebrates also the midpoint of our own lives. It's that point when everything in our lives reaches its peak, um, when we're at the peak of our career, um, we're mature people perhaps uh, in midlife, we've got our summer successes behind us, um, we've made our mark in the world, we've taken on responsibilities, uh, we are parents, uh, fathers you mentioned earlier, and mothers. So people who are doing things in the world and achieving and sort of beginning to perhaps reap some of the rewards of all the hard work in the early stage um, stages of our jobs and of our careers. But of course, there is always a little catch, isn't there? The um, after midsummer, uh, the longest day, the most powerful day of the sun, um, then the sun does begin to decline. So there's a kind of message there within um, celebrating the seasonal cycle in paganism that 
uh, actually, the material things will fade. Um, they are wonderful and joyful and they're to be enjoyed, but we always have to remember that they are transitory, they will pass, um, our bodies will reach the maximum point of their strength and their beauty, but then inevitably they will decline. So part of the worship uh, in pagan traditions is about accepting those realities and feeling comfortable with them and being thankful for what we've got, recognizing that it will pass, but finding joy despite that in being alive and being on this beautiful planet, which we've, uh, we've got the privilege of uh, living upon. Yes, great reminder. And we want to hear from you some just a few ideas of how people can celebrate it, how it is celebrated around the world, and what what your one of your um, most beautiful suggestions are when we come back right after the break. You're listening to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sita Rani Palomar. And again, we're speaking with Dr. Vivian Crowley, an expert on solstice. Um, on our topic today, When the Sun Stands Still, a celebration of solstice in this auspicious time. We'll be back with more in just a moment. We've always strived to have a strong, positive impact on farming practices and food processing techniques. As the oldest natural and organic food company in North America, our business practices and products endeavor to contribute to a peaceful evolution on Earth. We encourage everyone to be knowledgeable, discerning, and proactively involved buyers, as we are. Look for organic grains, beans, beverages, and more by Eden Foods at your local co-ops, natural food stores, and online at EdenFoods.com. Are you committed to green, socially responsible, and sustainable business practices? Percepticon can help with eco-friendly internet solutions, website design services, e-commerce solutions, mobile apps, and high-performance internet hosting for your business. Percepticon is a full-service agency that specializes in web consulting, strategy, and technology development, so you can successfully communicate with your audience. Lighten your tech footprint in a green hosting environment. Call Percepticon today at 925-937-9000 or visit them at Percepticon. SPUD stands for Sustainable Produce Urban Delivery. SPUD delivers the highest quality organic produce and the best locally sourced grocery items one can find directly to your doorstep. It's easy, it's convenient, and it supports your local economy. On every delivery day, SPUD takes at least 100 cars off the road that would have otherwise been driving to the grocery store. Reduce your carbon footprint, save time, and save money when grocery shopping with SPUD. Place your order today at spud.com. That's S-P-U-D.com. And we're back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. And we're speaking with Dr. Vivian Crowley, a professor and Wiccan author, priestess, and um, on solstice, on Wiccan traditions. Um, she lives in London, England, and is joining us from London, England today, even though she's part of the faculty of Cheryl Hill Seminary. 
um, leading provider of education and practical training in leadership, ministry, and personal growth in pagan and nature-based spiritualities. So earlier in the show, Vivian, I was talking about how on I've, I've noticed that on Solstice, the yoga studios are really, really full. And I think that's a really beautiful sign of the awareness people have of the significance of this time. And one of the things that I hear the instructors talk about whenever there is a solstice practice is that we're, we're aware of the the relationship between light and dark on solstice, and it allows us a time to reflect on light and dark in ourselves, whether we are exploring the shadow side of ourself or whatever it brings up for you in that moment. And you've been talking about the significance in history and how people are celebrating it now. Do you feel like there's there's a, a bigger attention to the value of solstice now that people are maybe changing their relationship to nature based on all of the environmental awareness and concern that's been in the last decade or so? Yes, certainly. There's um, certainly across Europe um, and in the United States, there's much more interest in celebrating um, festivals like the solstice um, and in using them at times for reflection. So you mentioned people going to yoga studios. Lots of people like to go on retreat um, at this time, not necessarily um, in an organized way, but just to go out and, you know, camp, to be in a national or a state park, to be with trees, to be with nature, and to spend some time in meditation um, on themselves, um, on their lives. It can be a very good time to take stock and reflect. Um, you're reaching a kind of peak in the solar cycle, um, as we mentioned before, and the next stage is kind of the lengthening of the night, um, the shadow, the darkness, the dark time takes over in the winter. So it's good to reflect on the dark and night within ourselves. Um, there's a lot of more interest uh, these days in people thinking about their shadow side, um, the negative side of the personality, and finding, well, what is suppressed in that shadow that can actually be turned um, to good, to be, uh, can be made useful and creative because in our darker side we also find the creativity that's been suppressed. So that's another theme I think that um, people start to explore now in solstice. But in terms of celebration, um, some people like uh, more elaborate rituals um, for solstice. So typically uh, in a Wiccan ritual, uh, we create the sacred space with the four elements uh, on in the four directions and then call um, the god as the sun god, the solar lord, um, to come into that sacred space and to be with us and call upon the goddess as the lady of the earth and the, the lady of the green and growing earth who brings um, nature's bounty and food to us to be with us in that space and to um, and we honor them. Um, uh, but some people like much simpler kind of celebrations than that. And just to take some time to be outside, you know, in your backyard, if you can't um, uh, get outside to somewhere a bit more uh, in the natural world, but to be outside, um, to, to maybe light a fire, have a barbecue with friends, and just you know, sit and talk about not so much everyday things, but about you know, deeper things, about how you feel about life, and share stories. Uh, Storytelling's always been a very important part of pagan tradition. Um, Storytelling sometimes of 
ancient myths, but also just stories about our ancestors, um, stories about ourselves. So um, why not um, spend the night outside um, with a fire, maybe having some food, talking, keeping vigil, and wait for the sun to rise at dawn, and then see the new dawn come. <laughs> and just moments like that, when we step out of our everyday lives to do something just a little bit different, are very powerful for us. They remind us of what's really important and the enduring things um, in our lives, which are about our spirituality and about our planet and about how we react and interact with each other, about relationships. So um, we can keep a vigil through the night, uh, welcome the dawn, uh, then maybe um, do a small ceremony at noon as well to honor the noonday sun. So... Yeah, that's, those are all very good ways of uh, celebrating. And uh, traditionally, um, also in many countries, uh, women made beautiful flowery crowns to wear. Uh, so if you've children, um, they may like to make flowery crowns and to do circle dancing. Um, things that are joyful and bring people together are very important at this time. It's a family time. I love your recommendation about staying up to watch the sun come up because I I don't think that that's something I've done in probably 10 years. I mean, I watch the sun go down every day <laughs> or I'm conscious of the sun going down every day. But if it's the only day during the year when you do watch the sun rise, what a beautiful tradition that starts and what a great way to honor this life-giving force of the sun Yes, and you can always, if you're with friends, um, arrange a, a little sort of uh, rotor so some people have get a little bit of sleep and then <laughs> wake the other sun. Yeah, right. <laughs> you can keep your vigil to watch watch the sun. But um, also the summer solstice is a very important festival for men. You mentioned uh, Father's Day, and of course that takes place um, very near the summer solstice. And I don't know whether... Um, that's a coincidence, or whether it was in people's minds when they made um, that June date uh, a day of male celebration, because uh, summer solstice has always been associated with the sun, and for ancient people, the sun and the king or the leader of the tribe are always very much associated as well. So it can be a wonderful festival for men to just honor their manhood uh, honor the responsibilities that they undertake every day um, in their lives and their careers. So men who belong to men's groups um, will often get together um, for midsummer celebrations as well. Wonderful. And if you do a fire and watch the sunrise, you would do the fire on the 20th and watch the sunrise on the 21st. Yes, is that correct? That's yes. my male technical, like how to do this right. So don't mess yes. it up. Yes, Remember, yeah, Midsummer's Eve is always a very is the beginning really of the Midsummer celebration. Um, ancient pagan celebrations always started with um, sunset on the evening before, a bit, a bit like the Jewish yes. habit, really. Yeah, um, very similar. So yes, um, normally you'd have your fire uh, the night of the twentieth, uh, going into the twenty-first, but. Um, we, no, we have to be, we're all pe practical people yes. with busy lives, so <laughs> uh, many people will celebrate on the nearest day that's uh, practical um, from the, you know, a work point of view. Yes. Um, but also there's slight <laughs> variation uh, in the earth wobble, so that means on most years, um, Midsummer Day is the 21st, but sometimes it can uh, 
drift into the, tr uh, the 20th, um, which happened last year, or it can uh, drift into the 22nd. So, um, so nature's always a little bit unpredictable. <laughs> so Luckily so, yes. <laughs> Vivian, if people wanted to read up on this, um, you have a great website. Can you um, share that with our listeners? Yes, um, I think probably the best route is to go to the Cherry Hill website and um, people will find lots of links leading from there. And that's like the fruit cherry, cherryhillseminary.org. Right. Cherry Hill Seminary is all one word. So yeah. look up www.cherryhillseminary.org. You'll find uh, lots of wonderful courses um, for people who are interested in spiritual leadership. Wonderful. And we have a great appeal at the moment. We've had a very generous donor who's offered us funding and it's um, on a matched basis. So we're, we're, we're busy fundraising for midsummer. So great. I'm glad we <laughs> so if you enjoyed hearing were this, able to include this. Yes. Again, that's cherryhillseminary.org. And that's Dr. Vivian Crowley. Thank you so much for joining us, Vivian. I know it's London. I know it's late. Um, all the way in the UK. Um, we wish you a wonderful, wonderful time doing yes, this. Yes, and, and a wonderful solstice to you. Yes, thank you so thank much. You for Thanks joining for joining us. us. Really a pleasure. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. You're now. listening to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helber. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. And our topic is When the Sun Stands Still, a celebration of solstice. That was wonderful. And actually remember in Sweden, the sun never, never dropped. It dropped down to the, to the top of the trees um, some summers in June, and then rose again. So you wouldn't need to wait for sunrise, actually. It never <laughs> really, there was no sunset for three, four, five days around um, the solstice. Very beautiful midsummer nights. Um, I also love what she said about you don't have to celebrate it on the evening of the 20th and to the 21st. People will sometimes celebrate on the day that's most convenient around there. And that just reminds me that the perfection is not necessary. No, exactly. The celebration the itself, the ceremony. Is, is, yes, um, stay tuned for What's in Season coming up right after the break. ever-changing seasons coming and going at Earl's organic we have been sourcing solely organic produce for over 20 years since 1988 Earl's organic produce has been establishing strong relationships with growers and developing a deep understanding of the seasons so you can offer the most delicious organic produce to your customers staff and clients year-round for organic produce visit Earl's organic produce at earlsorganic.com that's earlsorganic.com. Fry Vineyards is America's first organic winery, family-owned and operated since 1980. Dedicated to the highest levels of organic and biodynamic farming, Fry never adds synthetic sulfites or other preservatives to their wines. Fry organic and biodynamic wines include delicious Cabernet Sauvignon, Zinfandel, Syrah, Chardonnay, and Sauvignon Blanc. Fry Vineyards, Mendocino County award-winning wines without added sulfites. Available at grocery stores and online at frywine.com. That's F-R-E-Y-W-I-N-E.com. Working from home is awesome, except when it's not. If you're working from your couch or your coffee shop, chances are you're not your most productive. For thousands of entrepreneurs, co-working is the answer. 
Next Space is a co-working company with offices in L.A. and the greater San Francisco Bay Area. Find an innovative workspace, a built-in community, and great networking opportunities at Next Space. Visit nextspace.us for more information. Next Space. Your best work happens here. And we're back here to again a conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. When the Sun Stands Still, a celebration of solstice. A lovely interview, a conversation with Dr. Vivian Crowley before the break, who um, teaches everything about Wiccan um, and pagan traditions and the summer and winter solstice in this auspicious time. And she is part of the Cherry Hill Seminary and Mark That brings us right to what's in season. He is our very <laughs> own produce expert, Mark Mukehi, with what's in season. The Cherry Hill Seminary brings us right to what's in season. Okay. Because that was a brilliant segue. That was segue. a great segue. That was fantastic. <laughs> Because I peeked on your sheet and I know what's so, in season. <laughs> <laughs> so today, you know, as, for our regular listeners of the show, you know that Earl and I get excited about produce and we talk about the name of, you know, knowing the name of what you like. So today I wanted to go back to something that we covered about a month ago, but I think now's the time we really want to cover this, and that is Bing cherries. Bing is king. Bing is king, as Helga would say. And um, I, I was walking in the store yesterday, and I saw cherries on sale, and it said dark red cherries, and then I walked over to some other cherries, and it said dark red cherries, and I was like, hmm, this is supposed to be Bing time. Earl, I need an explanation. Oh, don't we all? We all need an explanation. Who, who's accountable for this? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we know they're not accountable to us because they, if they if they knew who who was on the air, Earl from Earl's Organic Earl. Produce in San Francisco, they would want yes. we would they would know we expect some answers here. The voice of the market. Hello, everybody. Hello, yes. Earl. Um, well, I'll tell you, there's a, there's a bunch of different factors uh, going into this. Um, you know, we've seen some of this from. You know, going from the specific to the generic, um, making things easier. Um, you know, the answers I get in, in talking to people and in sitting around and like we do in talking produce, that one thing is about streamlining production. That you you so what we're talking about really is that you go and buy something and it's lost its distinction. Like what exactly is it? It's a cherry, yeah, but what kind of cherry? There are so many kinds of cherries. That's been part of the situation. There's so many now that it's become for some producers a problem in production because they have to name them all. They have to keep them all separated. They have to change the line. So some of it is the streamlining of production. Some of it is inventory confusion. But, you know, when you really get down to talking to some people, they don't like to say this, but it's about the Bing cherry being the king. And people associate cherries with Bing. And if it's not a Bing, they may not buy it. So it's a certain uh, development of keeping the market vague enough This is a red cherry. This is a dark red cherry. So at some point, you lose that distinction, and bingo. Now it's just, oh, I'm going to buy cherries, rather than when does the bing come out? What time or, of or, year? Not, or not bingo, actually. Or, 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's a combination of things going on there that adds to this vagueness and adds to this kind of the easy way of doing business. Of now we have a a, a, a dark red cherry, which I know for you and I, Mark, it drives us fairly crazy. And and so and I actually do think that we lose something. Absolutely. In society, when we get to that point where we don't consider it, where it's just easier for production, um, where we lose something in the marketplace and don't allow people to make the choice. Because I'm sure there are people who are specifically Rainier lovers or Brooks lovers or, you know, that because other cherries have other qualities that if you grew up and you and you eat them early in the season, you might like that, that it has a little tartness in the sweetness and it's a little bit firmer or not as plump, or that type of thing. And I really, I really... Um, and I'm sure you, you'll see that in other produce too, Earl. I mean, no, today yeah. the topic is cherries, but I don't want to see in five years apples, and that's it. And you have well, no idea what it is. Apple, Green apple, Green apple, red apple. And right. that's just, it's, you, can, you see it all over the place, yellow and white It's such a loss. Yeah, yeah, yellow and exactly. white peach, and there's um, a thousand varieties of peaches. Yes. Right? And, and, well, and Another another very important one, important quote unquote, is apricots. I mean, there are like two or three varieties that are absolutely supreme. Uh, you know the the Blenheim, but you, nobody's extinguishing uh, <laughs> distinguishing them at all anymore. So I mean, it's happening all over. And, and as you were saying, Mark, it 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 it, it adds to that dumbing down. Of things, if you will, uh, of 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 it's the opposite of the slow food movement, where you want to uh, take time and savor what you have. You want to take time and go, "Wow, this is fantastic piece of fruit." What what exactly type of X Y Z? What type of apricot? What type of cherry is it? So yeah, we you know for us at Earls, we are always clamoring about which variety is this. I got to know the variety. Who's growing it? Because the other thing that's going on, and we've talked about this in the past, is that the the grower is losing his name sure. on on the product also. Well, and that's something that I love about. Earl's Organics website is that you have incredible blogs that talk about the specific nuances of yeah, the varieties, flavor, yeah, of the varieties of these fruits. So, so we're we're going to take it back. We're going to yeah, yeah. What what can people do when they walk into the store? Um, we want to talk about a new special feature that you are offering in stores. But yeah. if you just walk in, what can you do? You talk to the produce person, say, "What yeah. is this? What variety is this?" Absolutely, and, and you say, "Can I see the carton?" And you, or, or if you know enough yourself, you can kind of ask the leading sure. question: hey, "Is this a Bing cherry?" And if they don't know, you say, "Well, I tell you, if the Bing is the best, you may want to check that out." Yeah, I think if we get more, uh, well, well, there's a couple things that are true. One is that the organic buyer is one that asks more questions, and so continue to ask those questions, which will demand the retailer to ask those questions and they'll give you the answers. So I think it's about, you know, being the squeaky wheel. Yeah. And we want to help with that being the squeaky wheel. Um, you now offer in Northern California, um, in a, a bunch of uh, stores, Earl's pick of the month where people can actually, because we get the question, how can I find Earl's organic produce in the store? And of course you can go to um, facebook.com forward slash Earl's organic produce and, get all the tips and what's in season and all that. But when you walk into the store, now there's Earl's pick of the month. You pick um, a couple of items that you know are at the absolute peak right now. 
So mm. if you are in Northern California right now, check it out in your produce aisle, Earl's Pick of the Month. You'll Beautiful find cherries for sure. Or well, you'll find Binger King. Mark developed. <laughs> and what, right. are the, what are the two? Cherries and? And we're doing and blueberries. Blueberries. Uh, blueberries and cherries. And, 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 you blueberries. Know, blueberries actually the, uh, the fruit of, of California now, and we are right in the middle of that uh, season just as we are with the cherry. So, I mean, this is the time to really... You're gonna get the find. You're gonna find the the best product yes. and the best price right now. <laughs> cool. And those are the things that we're focusing on. So <laughs> fun, fun, fun. So Earl, um, just one. It has, has to be really quick. Just one last really quick question. Yeah. Are there bings in the market right now? There are bings in the market. We're we're in the transition from the California market, the the production moving up north into Oregon and Washington. So we're going to have bings right now, in a, and you're going to lose them perhaps for about seven days, maybe ten days, as the as that variety bing specifically becomes uh, harvesting up north. The, right. the season's been a little rocky. We've had some precipitation uh, earlier in the spring. It was a little windy. Some of the bees didn't get out, get out and pollinate everything. <laughs> but there's more acreage being planted all the time. The demand for a fresh cherry is as high as it's ever been. It's being shipped all over the, all over the world now. Cool. So, you know, uh, even though it's a very fragile product and it's easy to uh, get distressed, there's a lot of product around. Fantastic. time to enjoy it. Well, thank, thank you. Thank you Thanks so much, so much. Earl. Earl. We'll see really you next week. appreciate it. Can't so wait fun. to check Thanks out that, that Earl's update. Pick of the Month yes. and yeah. enjoy cherries at Solstice. That was this week's edition of An Organic Conversation. Thanks for listening. An Organic Conversation is a proud production of the Organic Media Network. Associate producer, Kristen Ponger. Studio engineer, Robert Costa. Underwriting production, Mark Van Gelder. Thank you all. If you missed parts of this show or for any other episode, go to iTunes or organicconversation.com. And you can follow us on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash an organic conversation. We're your hosts, Helga Helberg. Mark Mulcahy. And Sita Ronnie Palomar. And we'll be back right here, same place, same time next week. See you then. Bye. Bye-bye.